Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your cause upon his holy Hey, Andrew. Hi, Edwin. Psalm 19. Psalm 19 it is. I want to keep talking about Psalm 19. Yesterday we pointed out that the goal was the Lord is the rock and redeemer. Now I want to back up to the beginning and see how this journey starts in Psalm 19. Spoiler alert. In today's translation, the word rock does not appear. Ah, we'll, we'll find out. Hey, actually. <laughs> but the actually, idea is there. The idea is there. I'm, I'm actually this week really, really excited to read from the various translations because we have this list of things that describe the word of God. Yeah, we do. And I'm excited to hear the different words and terms yeah. that the different translators yeah. wanted to use to get across those points. Yeah, so, it's, it's going to be rich. Really excited about that. Though, though today my main focus is going to be on the first half of the psalm, at least what I want to talk about. Sure. We'll see where the conversation goes. I mean, hey. Psalm. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and its circuit to the other end, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. You're right. It did not say rock in that last verse. It didn't. Unless you look at the marginal note, which is literally rock. <laughs> which I, I love that. <laughs> so, so the word, we just want you to know the word actually is rock, but we want you to read strength when yeah, we read but the song. Gonna, but we're going to render it strength. That's exactly right. Uh, so today we're thinking about this first section of the psalm, which is really about creation and how God has acted to make uh, everything around us. And so there is a message in everything around us, a sermon, if you will, when the sun rises. Every day. Declaring God the maker, God the creator. I think it was yesterday you pointed out that the psalmist here, I guess we could say David, David here takes the language of Genesis 1 where God is El, God the creator, God El, the creator, and uses that when talking about this creation and how this creation testifies to the handiwork of God, the handiwork of El. We know from Psalm 8 that God has set his glory above the heavens. Mm -hmm. And so now in Psalm 19, there's there's this imagery of God whose glory is above the heavens and his glory now 
filters through the heavens. As I'm looking up, his glory is set above that, but its glory is filtering down through the heavens. And everything I see from here on earth, this third rock from the sun, everything I see as I look up, the sun, the moon, the the planets, the stars, all of that that I see tells me about God and his glory. Yeah, it says day unto day utters speech. And so I guess we have to ask ourselves, what is it saying? And that's the fascinating thing, because there seems to be a contradiction right here at the beginning of the psalm or this part of the psalm, because it talks about, well, there's no speech, nor are there words. The voice is not heard. And then it turns around and says, the voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. (laughs) And so it's it's often, you know, we talk about nonverbal messages. Yes, we do. So, yeah, you know, my wife doesn't always have to say words for me to know she's saying things to me. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Sometimes you she can give me the look. Walk in through the, the garage door and, you know, a, a frying pan is, is flying at you. That's <laughs> called nonverbal communication. Non-verbal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's suggesting that there may be a problem. There may be conflict in the relationship. And and I need to be hearing those words. That's right. I, I need, need to, to be hear that. that I hear that. I acknowledge. <laughs> well, it's very much. Okay, we're going to crash and burn for the rest of the conversation here. The The idea, though, is that while the sun doesn't actually say anything mm-hmm. and the moon doesn't actually say anything and the stars don't actually say things, they are saying things. There, There's message behind them. And what we have at the beginning of this psalm, this first half, is what I like to call the sun's daily sermon. The sun is a lot like mm-hmm. text talk, except text talk takes Saturday and Sunday off and the sun doesn't. <laughs> the sun every day gives this sermon and it is a sermon that everyone in the world hears. Mm-hmm. And that's the point of this first section of the psalm that we are without excuse. Everyone on planet Earth is without excuse. Without excuse that there is a creator, that there is a God, that by looking at this expanse, whether it's the stars in the heavens or the, a majestic valley, I mean, we have these moments. I, for me, it's, it's going out to a beach here in Florida and looking out across the Gulf where we feel small, we feel humbled, and our mind begins to reflect upon where did all of this come from? What is my place in it? The reflective person, I think, becomes aware of a creator and of a God. Many of the ancients, when they looked up and they saw the sun and they saw the stars and they saw the moon, thought they were seeing gods themselves. That's true. So many of the ancients would take those particular stars, give them a name, right? Assign an identity to them, the sun and the moon, and and worship those things. And I know it's a bit of an oversimplification for what they were actually doing to say they saw the sun and they saw the sun as a god itself. However, as far as they were concerned, when they saw the sun, they saw light and heat that Mm -hmm. gave life to their world. They knew that when the sun uh, was diminished in the winter months, that life started going away. And so they started attributing to the sun itself these deity qualities as if the sun 
was a god. They could figure out that the moon seemed to have some type of impact on the tides and and the the water systems yeah. around them. And so they started giving to the moon as if it was a deity itself. And they, they started to do the same thing with the stars. And even like in Egypt with the Nile and all these created things they saw as gods themselves. What David is pointing out is that, no, when you see these things, rather than seeing gods, you should see evidence for the one true God, the God who is behind all of this, the God who put all of this in place. That was the radical thing that Moses was declaring in Egypt that all of God's faithful people have declared is that as opposed to all of these celestial bodies and aspects of creation being gods themselves, there is one God who is creator of all. And Paul builds on that. Yes. The Apostle Paul, I think, taking from what Psalm 19 says in in Romans chapter 1, he actually talks about this fact that there is no excuse that, that none of us have excuse for this God, for for not believing in this God. Yeah, you know, I had my finger there in Romans 1 a moment ago, and I must have been talking with my hands because it's gone. Because it's gone. But, oh, lo and behold, I I found it again in uh, Romans chapter 1 and verse 20. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things." Well, if you're going to look at the sun and think that it's a god, why not go ahead and represent these gods by man mm. and birds and four-footed animals? Yeah. Uh, you know, like the the bull that will have the sun disc on its head. That's right. Or you know, any any number of those kinds of images and ideas. But what Paul says, and I think building off of Psalm 19, I really it's, do think he has Psalm 19 right in together. mind. Sure. It's the idea that there is no excuse. And that's that's really what David was pointing out in Psalm 19 because as he talks about the sun, he talks about how the sun goes from one end of the heaven to the other. Yes. He talks about the fact that everyone feels its heat mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. idea that everyone sees its light. And it's and it's it, and he even talks about the sun as if the sun is this person who's trying to attract attention to himself. You know, look, you're not going to get by without seeing me. You need to know I'm here. That's right. Like the groom coming from his chamber, yeah. uh, you know, and, and on that very special day for him as he's being wed and being married. And he's, hey, look at me. All this is a great him. day. You need day. to be looking at me. It's a wonderful day. Or like the strong man who's winning the race. I remember yesterday. <laughs> When I read the psalm, yeah. you actually even lifted up your arms when I talked about the strong man, like I you did. were crossing a finish I line. Did. That's why we need like, video. Like you were crossing a finish line because <laughs> the person who wins the race, what is he doing? He's beating his chest and he's yeah. like, look at me. I'm the winner. That's right. And he, they says, this is what the sun is. The sun is like that going forth, calling everybody's attention to himself. And his point is, look, if you've seen the sun. You haven't Mm -hmm. seen God, Mm -hmm. but you've seen the testimony and evidence that there is a God, that there is a creator, that there are eternal and divine attributes that you need to be honoring. Yes. And looking for and listening to. And and you're without excuse. If you believe there is no God, Mm -hmm. you are without excuse. So from Psalm 19 to Romans 1, 
I think we see the same idea in one more place, very succinctly, in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 4. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And you don't look at a house and think that, well, that just happened. You can look at all things. You know, there was a builder. You look at all things and all this world around us. The maker of all things, the builder of all things is God. One of the things I can't help but think of is I've, I've seen the movies and I've seen the comment, uh, documentaries and the, the interviews that have taken place with some of these new militant atheists. And, you know, the question often gets asked, if you die and you find out there is a God and you're standing before him in judgment, what are you going to say? How are you going to defend yourself? And the response that I've heard from them is, well, you should have been more clear, sir. Mm. And what David is pointing out is that he's been abundantly clear. Abundantly he's clear. been abundantly clear. In fact, let me just point this out. I have a yeah. book on my shelf. Uh, it's, it's right around here somewhere. It's called The Blind Watchmaker. You remember that book? I do. The uh, entire purpose behind Richard Dawkins' book is I know the world looks like it's designed. Right. In other words, what he is saying is the evidence for design is there. I have seen it. I know that it's there. But I don't believe there's a designer, so let me explain away the evidence of design. Yeah. So I'm just going to tell you, it is disingenuous to say that one day I'm going to stand before God and say, you didn't make it clear that you were there. Yeah. Because when I write a book called The Blind Watchmaker, I'm saying, I get it. The evidence is there. I'm just not going to believe it. And I'm going to come up with a mechanism by which I'm going to try to say that even though there's all this evidence for design, there's yeah. no designer. Yeah. What does that say? Even Mr. Dawkins is without excuse. Absolutely. And every militant atheist is without excuse mm -hmm. because everyone has seen the sun. And, and I know it's probably old and hackneyed by now, but I can't help but bringing up that statement from C.S. Lewis you know, that, that the issue about God and the existence of God is like the sun, where he said that, look, I don't believe in the sun because I see the sun and its light. I believe in the sun because by its light, I see everything else. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... Absolutely well true. It's what a what a powerful statement. And because because I have this light and I can see everything else, I know there's a God. And I will say this: the scientific pursuits of how the world has gotten here and how it works actually just pushes us more and more and more. Because you want to know what I can do right now? As soon as we turn these microphones off, I can walk over there to that computer. I can type in in Google sunset mm -hmm. for tonight, for tomorrow morning. I can actually look for the sunset and the sunrise. Mm -hmm. At a particular location, any point, time. and it will give me the time sure and the moment. Why? Because that's precision, and we call mm -hmm. that design. Yeah. We call that evidence for a designer. And what David points out is we're without excuse. I think it's well captured. The sun gives us a daily sermon that there is a God. We need to know him, and we need to serve him. So glad that you've listened to the podcast today. Send us an email. Let us know what you're reading from God's Word, the Bible. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, lead us in prayer. Holy God, thank you so much for making it abundantly clear that you are and that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. May we seek you. We, may we not turn a blind eye to the evidence of design that you have put into this universe. May we not be dishonest with ourselves and disingenuous with you, but be completely honest with the evidence that's laid out and for, for what it claims. 
Lord God, you've given us a daily message. I got to see it this morning when I woke up, and I'll see it again tomorrow if you allow me to live another day. And I pray that we can get this message to as many people as possible. It's through your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Hey, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, Andrew. Hi, Edwin. And there is nothing hidden from its feet. And there is nothing hidden from its heat.